I mean, I think I'm ready to go. I'm always never sure of anything, though. Sanchez back in back in the Zen Den back in front of the green screen uh, I'll be honest long story short for the last couple of weeks I've been trying to move this podcast beyond uh, just me talking about stupid stuff uh, to to me talking to other people about stupid stuff trying to have conversations about things um, Right now we're live on Instagram for the first couple of minutes, but I I really don't think anyone's gonna. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna set a. I'm gonna do this right now. I'm gonna set a timer here. And uh, uh, when the timer runs out, I'm gonna kill the live, because. You know, you know, not everybody needs to know the sad shit that I'd be up to. You know, I'll just uh, that is not how I wanted to do that. Delete. All right, give me a second while I figure out how to... All right. Actually, you know what? Let's make it a repeating number. Because, you know, I believe in floofy shit like that. All right. So that timer's running. That's when we're going to kill the live. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the Zen Den, Green Screen, Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast. It's your boy Juan Sanchez wearing some... Funky ass glasses because you know it's just it's just been been that kind of week. Uh, I wanted to have a guest today. <clears throat> I had a couple of people I talked to to try and be the guest, but uh, what happened was fate pretty much conspired against me this weekend. Uh, my truck's all busted down and broken down, so I got to get some work done on it. But once that happens, once that gets back together, I'll be back to um. I'll be back to, uh, you know, driving places, seeing guests and stuff like that. Having having good old fun times. That being said, since I don't have a guest today, I was really, uh, <coughs> really racking my brain as to what I wanted to do because I haven't, I haven't really planned out one of these things in a moment other than like questions I want to ask the guests to get started I haven't really I don't I don't know there, there's no format to this show I'm just kind of making it up as I go along I'm just firing from the hip so I just got an idea today I just looked through an old scratch notebook I have what's up Gibson Gibson's in the live Gibson I'm just gonna say your name Gibson Gibson Del Judas is in the live chat right now on the podcast um but yeah, I went through this old scratch, this little tiny notepad, notebook I have. Um, looked at looked at some shit that I had in there, and uh, this this is gonna be this is gonna be a junk drawer episode. I threw together a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll be able to fill a couple of minutes. Who knows? This is this is probably gonna be on the shorter side. If it does end up being plus an hour like the last couple, I mean that's cool, but I, I highly doubt it. I am not that interesting a person by myself. Oh, we got some we got some. Even blind people are calling those sunglasses loud. Yeah! Fuck yeah, baby! And we smoke in the loud. Give you a wave. Give you a wave, baby. Fuck yeah. Oh, I got a new bowl today. Um, from the mini mart near where I live. This guy sells really good glass. I would tell you where it is, but I don't want to dox myself. But uh, it's a nice little, it's like a nice, like, uh, like, like black, mostly black, but with some like, you know, red, yellow, and green Rastafari colors, because of course. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, fuck it, I got a new bowl. I haven't named this one yet. In fact, in fact, I'm going to go do a quick tour of my bowls real quick. Let me see, I'm pretty sure... Okay, here are some of them. 
This one I don't yet have a name for, unfortunately. No name. I named this one and forgot it. <laughs> All right, this is my this is my favorite one. It is called I named it Pipe Called Quest because that is the goddamn Tribe Called Quest colors. If I ever seen them, yo Emma Stone is actually a good name. Yo Bean Sack, you just missed me talking about my bowls. Don't worry, I'm still talking about them, baby. But yeah, Emma Stone is a good one. Um. You mean this one, Gibby? The the black one? The mostly black one? I'm a stoned. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll put that on the list. I will put that up on the list. Alright, so we got Pipe Called Quest. Like I said, that's my favorite. That's my favorite right there. Um, again, this... I'm pretty sure... I don't know if I named this one yet. I'm pretty sure this one had a name. But, you know, whatever. That was That was very uneventful, but... Yeah, you know, I'm a smoker, baby. I'm a smoker. I smoke weed. I got fucking, you know, rolling machines, papers. I'm looking around. My room's a fucking mess. But, uh, whatever. It's beautiful. Alright, so, what happened was, I put too much shea butter on my face, and now I'm feeling a little greasy. Your boy's feeling a little bit greased out, so, I'm gonna try to fix that problem right now. And we're gonna... We're gonna fucking jump right into this episode, baby. We're gonna fucking get right into it. So this is the junk drawer episode. This is a bunch of stuff I compiled from an old scratch notebook, and here we go. Alright. So the first thing I guess I wanted to talk about was this quote by um, Esther Perel, which is, she's a, um, like, it's like sex relationship advice expert lady. I've seen her give a couple of TED Talks and interviews on YouTube. Uh, E-S-T-H-E-R-P-E-R-E-L, uh, Esther Perel. This woman's uh, philosophies and viewpoints are very interesting. But uh, she has this quote called, this quote called, I don't think quotes are named. Uh, the quote goes, eroticism thrives in the space between the self and the other. I don't, I, I don't really have anything to expound on that. I just think that is... Profound and being a being basically one step shy of a hopeless romantic uh, That just it resonates with me. I really like that. I Named my old one Voyager cuz Star Trek, but it died now my cousin Maddie makes all my glass pieces She's Brill Are those song lyrics or are you telling me an actual thing Gibby? Sorry podcast listeners. I'm reading the live live chat right now Alright, so yeah, that quote by Esther Perel, that just really, uh, that really resonated with me. And I want you to take that with you and think about that as you go forward in your life. Next thing I guess I want to talk about was this, uh, these people. These people who say these things like, uh, I don't, I don't see color. You know, those types of people. I don't even, I don't even see color anyway. Uh, I actually wrote a whole spiel down, but I'm not going to... Oh, okay. Alright, Gibby. Gibby used to burn back in the day. Alright, baby. Good for you. I'm gonna like... Can I like that comment? I'm gonna... Can I like that? Pin comment? I'm gonna pin that comment. That's what we're gonna do. Name of my old bull. That's pin. Because ex-smokers are still cool with me. I can't stand when people say they don't see color. Because... That is just that that it, that's that ignorant shit that's a way of saying like well that's a problem but i don't deal with it directly and i don't see it and it doesn't affect me at all so therefore it's not a thing to me and i don't want to think about it and that's just such a that's such an easy that's such a shitty easy way out of it i i can't I come from a mixed race family. There is in fact color all over the place. I see it everywhere. It's beautiful. It's goddamn amazing. You know, there's more than one color, flavor, and texture on this planet. And and 
do you not see different flavors of ice cream? Like, do you not see different types of, do you not see different flavors or varieties of Oreos? Like, what the fuck? You don't see color? I just don't get it. Um, we used to call that kind of thing the spice of life. It, again, I just want to reiterate, if you don't see color or you're unwilling to, you're part of the problem. Just because something isn't local to you or because your life doesn't necessarily revolve around it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it's not a problem. It doesn't mean that it isn't, in fact, happening right next to you. Probably even in the same goddamn room as you. If that makes you uncomfortable... Tough shit. Tough fucking shit. You've, it's your fault. You voted for Trump. You know what? I'm going to say it. It's your fault. You voted for Trump. And fuck you if you did both cameras right now dual screen action Gibby says I don't see color I don't see how this affects me so I have the luxury of ignoring it that's exactly what they do fucking I can't I can't even begin to fucking stand that shit that's getting pinned uh you know and it's just it, it's it's I understand what it looks like from the outside it just looks like a white guy banging on about race stuff and being maybe a little bit too like passionate about it for some people but that's because it's it's part of my life I've had to deal with it like even though my dad is like okay like I my my have you know my mother is she looks white is she's not and my dad is black but looks kind of white-ish but guess what you still deal with these problems even looking as translucent blue and purple veins showing like me i've had to deal with sh i've had to deal with like just off off color off just untasty unsavory things thrown my way just because like somebody genetically associated to me has a has a thing that they can't has a thing about them that they can't even control that's fucking bullshit um that, that any anybody who's anybody who's you know not white and watching me say this is like well yeah duh and that's what I'm trying to say to white people right now because it happens it's happened to me when I was a kid I went through that shit I used to know this kid the kid died so I'm not gonna fucking call him out all right rest rest in peace but he was a confederate piece of shit that's the timer that's the timer for the lie but you know what I'm gonna keep going for a little bit till I get this story out I'm gonna keep banging on until I fucking end this end this segment right here. Until I gotta roll over the camera. This kid was a Confederate flag waving douchebag. One of the last days of school of my senior year, he very proudly we were at like he was a drama kid too. He was a drama kid. What the fuck? So one of the last days of school we're having like this drama celebration, this stupid little award show you know, for all the drama kids, and we were involved in productions and stuff. Um, at one point, he comes in wearing regular-ass redneck clothes, flannel and jeans and boots. And after the show, he's like walking through the hallways waving his goddamn Confederate flag. Like, proudly. I was confused by that shit, man. I was perturbed by that. It was just... It was just a funny thing for these people. And everyone laughed at it. Like, even the people who, like, supposedly weren't racist laughed at it. And there were probably some people who were just uncomfortable and they didn't know how to deal with the situation. But I wasn't laughing, man. I felt, I felt horrible. But yeah, that, that kind of shit, that's the kind of shit. Oh, I forgot, I forgot even where I started with that. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, white people, you just get with it. Just get with it. It's about to be 2020 soon. You don't get to say that anymore. You don't get to say you don't see color, all right? You don't you don't get to say you you don't you don't get to say I'm not racist, but you don't get to say I have black friends. You just don't get to say any of that shit anymore. Any of the stuff that you've been saying to try and assuage the bullshit that you've been getting away with for 
you know, hundreds of years now, however the fuck long it's been going on, you just don't get to say it anymore. Um, and that probably goes for people who look white, like me. Uh, I look incredibly white. And there, there, are too, there are not too many... But there's also a stigma that comes with that, too, uh, from outside, from people, uh, once they find out that there's something going on there. So it's, it's a very complicated situation. My situation, as far as my race is concerned, has been walking a fine line. Now, there's a lot of people who are, you know, maybe of the fairer skin persuasion who would be like, whoa, what do you mean you're walking a fine? What? No, you're a white person, huh? But no, again... That's an ignorant ass, racist ass thing to say because I've been doing this walk for 27 and a half years now. I didn't realize I was doing it for a, a good amount of the time, but I realized that it is a walk, it's a tightrope, it's an act I've been doing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to expand on that any longer. I just want to say white people, white people give it up. Just white people give it up. It's done. It's time. It's over. 2020, that's, the, that's it. That's the, end, that's the end of the reign of the white people. We had a black president, and you tried to take it back. The, the, the cat's been... Cat's out of the bag, baby! Dude, the cat's out of the bag, and the bag is in the goddamn motherfucking river. Alright? It's downstream. Those days are behind us. Alright? You can't take it back. You can't, there's no take-backs! Half of you white people wanted the black president. And then you turn around with the next guy. I don't, ah, oh, I just don't even, mm, 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 mm. Anyway, I'm going to move on from that because I'm starting to get angry. A very healthy drink choice. Uh, you know, people like to do like water mixtures or whatever. I just want to say my favorite is water, Himalayan salt, and lime. It's got the, it's got the, whatever, the electrolytes and the, the alkaline and the, the lime juice. And the, it's all just tasty. It's good. And water. You need more water. Just drink more water. Drink water. Use chapstick. Use lotion. Use shea butter. Keep yourself hydrated. Keep yourself wet. Alright, I got a couple questions. I got a couple questions that I got to go through. Um, if you're in the live... Oh, brother, Choi just joined. If you say white call, if you say white claw, I'll hit you. Why would I say White Claw, Gibby? You know what? In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interact with the live a little bit until this segment runs out, and then I'm gonna run the questions in the in the next segment. Uh, and if you're in the live, you're just gonna have you're just gonna have to watch the podcast and see what the questions are and, uh, and where I'm at in life. What's up, Troy? Oh, I, Troy's probably not in there anymore. <laughs> Dude, people, it's so funny when people go into a live stream. People go in, they see there's like one or two other people in there, and then they back out so quick. And like, I understand it. I get it. Um, I think I think it's fucking hilarious. Like, I feel, I have an incredible ability to not feel judgment. Like, when I was young, I used to worry about what other people thought of me all the time. You know, I always wanted girls to think I was the shit and stuff. But now I, I just don't, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm 27. There's no point in trying to be cool. A 27-year-old trying to be cool is not cool. It's fucking inherently uncool. It's the most uncool thing you could do to be 27 and try to be cool. Um, I would rather just be as healthy drink choice. Somebody always has to bring up White Claw lately. No, I mean, it's got alcohol in it. I won't call that a healthy drink. If it has alcohol in it, I'm not going to call it a healthy drink. I aim to be as dorky and as nerdy as fucking possible in my life from now on. I always used to be afraid of the things I liked, that they would make me a loser or whatever, and now I don't care because I like those things and they bring me joy. You know, if I like a movie that a lot of people don't think is good or whatever, that that's fine. They don't have to like the movie. Just because I like the movie doesn't mean other people have to like it. It brings me more, it brings me joy to genuinely like the movie. Um... That being said, I am glad Brockhampton is getting a little bit of fame because those boys do deserve it. I'm claiming hipster status on Brockhampton right now. I was not in that shit for All-American Trash, but I was there in 2017 when they started putting out the Saturation Trilogy. So, hipster status, Brockhampton. This segment's coming to an end. Live out.
Questions, 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 questions that I asked myself in my scratchbook. So you, these questions, four questions were written down at some point in there. So I'm gonna consider this a, a time capsule-ish type segment, a, a time travel type segment where my, my past self wrote these questions down for some reason. I don't remember where I got them from, a podcast, an article, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I didn't cite the sources. I'm sorry. If you've heard this somewhere else and you know where it's come from, please tell me. I want to know. If you're the one who did this and you happen to find this for whatever reason, please tell me. I always want to make sure I give due credit where it's due. So again, these questions, I don't remember where they came from. I'm pretty sure I didn't come up with them myself because I'm not this insightful. <clears throat> so the first one is, where are you at in your life now? Okay. Physically speaking, I'm 27 years old and I'm sitting in the bedroom, my bedroom in my parents' house. And I call it the Zen Den because it helps me forget the fact that I'm 27 years old living in my parents' house. <laughs> but as for like, I guess like the more philosophical or like the personal like weight behind that question, like where am I at in my life right now? I actually feel like I'm in a good place. I, a couple of years ago, I really was not happy with myself. Like 2016, I started trying to like roll over and like reinvent myself and try to like become a new person. And like ever since then, I've constantly been doing that. Like every, like every day, every month, every week, every year, you know, whatever. I'm always constantly like trying to like find ways to be slightly better than I was yesterday. I always want to do, be, be doing better than I was yesterday. You know, the, the point of life is to go forwards, not backwards. <clears throat> So, as for where I'm at in my life right now, I'm at a place that is not the end. And I understand that. I have a lot more to go. I'm, I'm, where I am at is that there is more in front of me. And I'm very happy with that. I'm excited. I'm, op I'm, I'm honestly optimistic. Um, from day to day, there are little things here and there that kind of make me, you know, despair or whatever. But I don't ever lose hope. I used to be very nihilistic and caught in a sad spiral it was very it was very hard to be it was very hard to be um you know I, I feel like an optimistic person I do have my moments where I'm not always so optimistic but I'm by and large an optimistic person I wish I had a hat easily available because my hair is fucking doing weird shit Question number two. What are the big lessons you've learned? I'd say one of the biggest lessons I've learned is with romance and self-acceptance. It's kind of a two-in-one. Um, I used to date and chase women around like I thought it was an answer to something or just because I was bored or whatever. And when I stopped trying to do that, I think just sort of, I think sort of like incidentally or whatever, like by association, I was able to start concentrating on myself, what I need, what I want in life, not just, you know, from other people, but like, what do I want in life? What do I want from life? What do I want in myself? What do I want from myself? You have to build a relationship with yourself. So one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that you have to build a relationship with yourself. You have to build a positive relationship with yourself. And you need to respect yourself, obviously, um, before you can respect other people and build positive relationships with other people. If you're not, you know, if you're operating at only 37%, then you're probably going to get people who are at most operating at 369 do the math. If you're a shit person, there's going to be shit people available to you. If you have shitty friends, if you have a shitty girlfriend, shitty bosses, shitty co-workers, it's probably because you're shit, honestly. Um, I don't like all the people I work with, and they probably are pieces of shit outside of work, some of them. But at work... They are mostly not shitty to me. They don't come off as a piece of shit. So it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, I fucking forgot what I was talking about. But yeah, you need to be able to just... You need to be able to get along with other people before you can... You need to be able to get along with yourself before you can get along with other people. There we go. I gotta stop philosophizing. 
I'm 27 and when I talk too long, I just sound dumb. I, I forget that. I need to just move on. Question three, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for music. I'm grateful for art in general. Music in particular, I've just been playing music most of my life, listening to music. It's always been around me. Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Friends and family, and you know, good weed. And I say that shit at the dinner table every year at Thanksgiving, too. <coughs> I'm surprised no one's trying to take it from me yet. Yo, okay, but seriously, at the Thanksgiving dinner table, <coughs> sometimes people find it hard to really say what they're most thankful for. It really is hard to be honest in front of your family because there's a lot of judgment that comes with it. You don't want these people to know how you actually feel because in a way it's almost like they don't even deserve it. But also you're afraid of like what they're going to think of you. And uh, fuck that shit, man. If you got some heartwarming shit to say and you some shit that's real that you want to say, say that shit. Make everybody in the room cry. Who gives a fuck? Make yourself cry. I'm all about I'm all about the fucking t dude. If you watch a movie, if you're watching a movie and it makes you fucking cry, like I oh my god, I bust a tear so many movies. Like there are so many movies that'll get to me. I have feelings, yo, and I will fucking you know. Although I've never actually cried at fucking Thanksgiving dinner. But that's just mostly because I don't want to ruin my... I'm always wearing nice clothes. I don't want to ruin the clothes. Yo, but I'll fucking watch fucking... I'll watch the night before, right after Thanksgiving dinner, and cry my eyes out, though. Not even kidding. That movie was Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Watch that shit. Christmas is coming up. <sighs> Last question. What are you tired of? Um... Alright, so I work a shitty job, and, well, it's not a shitty job, uh, it's a highly physical job, it's labor-intensive, and my back and my legs hurt a lot, and I'm tired of that, uh, but also I'm just tired of being, I'm also tired of a, <clears throat> I'm not exactly the most motivated or driven person, and I'm tired of whatever it is that makes me that, I want to try to work against that, I want to try to I've I've tried to like use my own laziness to combat my own laziness lately, like trying to find like shortcuts and ways, but also like find like things to like make myself work. Like 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 I like creating, I like you know making art and stuff, but it still takes work. Like even if you just want to fold a fucking origami piece of paper, it's like you still got to get the paper out and stuff like that. Um. So what I do is I just try to like, you know, create like these little like, like all my art stuff is in one location. I mean, that's probably a no brainer, but like fucking all my paper, all my pens and pencils and shit like that. All my camera stuff is usually in one location. Uh, I don't have a bed frame because it's just another place to acquire mess. Yeah, that's S set childish. But listen, if I had a bed frame, I've had a bed frame before in my life. I'm not responsible. I can't do it. Stuff will go under the bed, and it will never come out. And I'm just not, I'm, I'm 27, I'm not trying to go out like that. That's way too much mess for, that's way too much mess for your boy to clean. It's not happening. It's not fucking happening. There's no frame. There's no frame going on the bed. Listen, if I meet a woman and she's like, uh, you don't have a frame on your bed? I'll be all like, bitch. Sorry, not bitch. <laughs> Listen, okay, let me make it all inclusive then. If I bring a woman or a man, or a transsexual of whatever they identify as, into my room and they're all like, you, you don't have a bed? <laughs> you don't have a bed? Hey man, you ain't got a bed? You ain't got, oh, I do have a bed. You ain't got a bed frame? You don't have a bed frame? No, I don't have a bed frame because it's messy. Now get, now get out. I don't want you here anymore. You, I'm flaccid. I'm done. You criticized my lack of a bed frame, and we can't do this anymore. 
Do I feel judged? A little bit. But also, I'm just, again, you just turned me off. So, bye. Get out of here. You fucking bed frame bullshit. Go shove your own mess under your own fucking bed. Listen, my conscience is clean. I don't have stuff under the bed. Because there's no room to put things under the bed. And that's the fucking metaphor. And I'm going to stop talking about these questions on that. <laughs> music, 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 babies. I gotta stop saying babies. That's fucking Chris D'Elia's thing. I'm heavily influenced by Chris D'Elia, but I, I also have to take it easy to try not to, you know, be like the people I want to be. I be like the people who influence me. Little creepy ass Freudian slip, yo. If any of those people go missing, I'm suspect number one now. I just incriminated myself. Yo, they said vaping kills. I said, give me two vape sticks. But yo, this is that might be dead. I'm not sure. This is a reusable cartridge from a fucking from a center though, so it's not. I mean, it's not technically reusable, but you can open it and close it. It's not black market, so I'm not worried about it. Plus, I get the fucking... When I do vape, I vape the zero nicotine liquid from, like, Blue. And I order the pods directly from the company, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Always trying to, they're always trying to do stupid shit. Because, like... Oh, yeah, but cigarettes are still fine. Cigarettes? Oh, no one will buy cigarettes. They're too expensive. People still buy fucking cigarettes because they're an, an addicting thing that are designed to get you addicted. Okay. This is the... <laughs> this just turned into the fucking Joe Rogan experience. This just turned into the Juan Sanchez experience, alright? This is Alex Jones by way of fucking Joe Rogan, and you got Juan Sanchez. <laughs> By the way, fuck Alex Jones. He seems like an alright person, but fuck his politics and his viewpoints. Fuck his little conspiracy theories. You know, if he's a good person, good for him. But fuck the shit that he says and chooses to stand behind. That's what I say about that. Alright. So, I gotta fucking release the phone from the tripod now. Let's see. So I'm going to go into Spotify. I'm going to do a fun little thing. Because <coughs> I always have a hard time thinking about... Because I listen to a lot of music and I always have a hard time pinning down any one thing to really talk about. Spotify introduced these new things recently. The the on repeat and repeat rewind. Uh, fucking... Yeah, my, my phone screen's dirty because this is my work phone. Repeat rewind. Uh, so I'm just going to go through my on repeat and I'm just going to talk about the songs that are in here. The first, um, I'm, I'm not going to talk about all of them because there are a lot. I mean, it's an hour and 42 minutes worth of music. I'm definitely not going to talk about all of it, but I'll go through, I'll go through a couple here. Let's see what we got. The first one is 30,000 Feet Up by Jesse Piff. That's the one that's just in there the most. Um... Me and Jesse hung out for pretty much a whole day one time, and we listened to that song. We listened to a bunch of other music of his that he hasn't released yet as of this recording, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so, yeah, whenever I hear that song, I just think of, like, good times hanging out with the homies. So, uh, he, it's got, like, a, it's got, like, an interesting little, like, I wouldn't know what to call, I wouldn't know what to call the genre of the instrumental, but it's just kind of, like, a laid-back, uh... It's like this fun little light laid back, uh, uh, airy kind of a song. It's got this flute in it. Uh, it's got an organ that really does capture the... It's got a low-end organ that really does capture the, the thrum of being in an airplane. Uh, and it's, that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. That's, that's good sonic design. And uh, Jesse's, Jesse's flows on this song... Are really nice. They're they're tight. They're some of the best he's ever done, in my opinion. Um, I'm a little bit biased because again, Jesse is a friend of mine. But I'm if I am being objective here, in my personal opinion, of all the stuff I've heard by Jesse, Thirty Thousand has his tightest flows, some of his best uh, uh, verses. It's definitely his best pen game so far. 
Uh, so yeah, go go check out Thirty Thousand Feet Up by Jesse Piff. That's a very good song. Saint Percy by Brockhampton off of their Ginger album. Holy God, this song fucks. Um, the the there's a you know the the beat at the beginning is a nice minimalist little intro beat. Boom boom. It's like, it's like, like a nice. It's kind of bouncy, but then. After Kevin Abstract's verse and like a, a hook or like a refrain, whatever you would call it, it the song really starts to like pick up with like this musical drop. And Matt Champion gives just about one of his best verses he's ever given on one of these things before. He's given some fucking fire. He's given some fire. He spit some fire verses in Brockhampton's uh, catalog before. Bump, um, Rental, I think, uh, Junkie, Junkie, he fucking has a line where he straight up, like, calls dudes out for not respecting women, and I fuck with that, because, like I said, I got a bunch of younger sisters, so that's really cool, but yes, Matt spits his, one of his tightest verses ever on St. Percy, it, it, it's, it's, I had to learn every word of it. Because every time I rap it, there's like that meme of every time you rap the verse of one of your favorite songs, and it's like, you know, like fires going off behind you or whatever. That is what it feels like. It fucking... Circus, ole, okay, role, pole, slide that, pole, low blow, nothing like a dodo, ask if I say snow glow, stuck inside the codo, made me go so loco, major league I'm sheen. Call me wild thing. She got strings all up the neck just like a violin. That's gross, but you get the idea. It's a fucking tight verse. It's really nice. <laughs> Why did I do that? So, the next one. Kona? Okay. <clears throat> let me see if I can get my uh, let me see if I can get my accent on. Con el Viento by Jesse Reyes. Music inspired by the film off the Roma soundtrack. I really, really like this song. Now, when I first started hearing of Jessie Reyes, I really didn't like her too much. I didn't like her voice. I thought she was kind of like gross and in your, in way too in my face. Like, there's this song where she's talking about like, it's a Me Too song. She's talking about like you know, dudes that want to fuck female entertainers behind the scenes. And like, I get it. That stuff exists. And it is disgusting, but she's, she's, for my taste, she was just a little bit too in my face about it. Just all, all, all sleaze and no substance is what it felt like to me. Then again, I like the first Saw movie, so sleazy, gross scale is, it's all objective, you know what I mean? It, it probably is very representative of what a woman goes through in that situation, and I'm not trying to take that away from anyone. But also, just the sound of her voice was just too much for me. I couldn't handle it. It was like this kind of like squeaky, like high-pitched, like, eh, oh, eh, ah. it just, I couldn't, it like, it hurt my throat to like listen to it. And then I heard, I heard the song she did, uh, the, the remix, I think, of her song Imported with that verse by Black. I like Black. Uh... East Atlanta love letter uh, switch obviously because you know I I do look white you know you can... <laughs> and stop telling so many race jokes. Um, I like black. I liked that song. I still thought her voice was kind of annoying on imported, but then I heard Cone El Viento by accident somewhere somehow, and. And it was this the production was just beautiful. Just this dusty acoustic guitar with these light intro sounds of like kids playing in the streets and shit. And it gives way to Jesse Reyes just singing in a in a reverent sad like like a reverent sadness, like a melancholy almost, I guess. It I could only understand some of the words. I picked out 
the translations of the words I knew here and there, but I really wasn't trying to I really wasn't trying to translate it so much as I was just trying to feel the song, understand the song by feeling it is what I wanted to do. So after listening to it like 500 times, I eventually looked up the lyrics and uh yeah, it just is devastatingly sad. It's just like about like a, a breakup. Um, it's about a guy in her past who couldn't get over himself and find it in him to to give her the love that she felt she deserved. And she the the devastating part is that she sort of she doesn't say it's okay but she does understand where he's coming from. In fact, I'm going to look up the lyrics right quick. Damn it, I should have prepared this. Okay, uh... Ta -ta 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 -ta. Jesse Reyes con El Viento lyrics. Oh, okay, I forgot. It's fucking... You know, Siri can't do... Siri, Siri can't do... You know, Spanish. She doesn't say, she doesn't really say it's okay, but she understands where he's coming from. Con el viento, with the wind. We fight, verse one, we fight again, the house is on fire, if I stay it's suicidal, you say you won't do it again, you know, okay, moving on. Uh, as she sings, she sings her heart out on the chorus and the post-chorus, she's up there, she's Given it all she's got. She's feeling everything she's saying. I don't need to understand. I don't need to translate everything she's saying to know that this girl is feeling some hard feelings um, that she's just got to deal with herself. And it's almost like, it's almost like I, I'm projecting all over this song. I'm projecting myself all over it. She, she, she sort of seems to be Understanding that she ha she's going to have a journey to go through by herself. And this is her explaining not just to the guy why she's got to move on, but explaining to herself why she has to move on. Again, not saying it's okay, but accepting everything for what it is so you can move on, so you, so you can be with the wind. So you can be with the wind, I guess. That, that's a little bit too cheesy, but yeah, that's probably what it is. Okay, here we go. Verse 2. This is the part that breaks my heart. I will always love you. That's the saddest thing. I do not think you knew. You cannot love. You are not guilty either. It's your parents' fault. Oh, my God. Dude. Right there. Right fucking there and that's all I have to say about that song and with that I became a I became a big Jesse Reyes fan so yeah she has a new song out that I like a lot um where, where is it it's on another playlist it's on my uh Ojas en la Playa playlist which is just you know Spanish for leaves on the beach because I thought it was sexier that way the last song I want to talk about is Message in a Bottle by Hyrie from her new album, Dreamer. Um, yeah, she stole the title from the police, but I mean, f fucking who honestly, honestly, who listens to the police anymore? I like the police. Who listens to the police anymore? So, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I think this song is just in the, on, the, on repeat because I've been listening to that album a lot. But, but in an effort... To be fair, let me try to remember the song real quickly. A message in a bottle, I'm a mess, but I got you. Yeah, it's it's a love song. Um, it seems to be either maybe it's a love song, maybe it's a song about weed, maybe it's a song about music. Uh, it's a pretty sweet little song. I just honestly don't remember it too well, so I take that for what it is. So yeah, let me talk about one more then. White Mercedes by Charlie XCX. I talked about this last week with Silver. I gushed over this song. This song is beautiful. This song is brilliant. Listen to it. The best way to listen to music is to listen on a good pair of headphones. You got to listen to this song on a fucking good pair of headphones. Just get really high. Just this, these snaps. This okay, the the lead rhythm guitar, whatever you would call it. This just beautiful guitar tone. 
Charlie's singing. Charlie's just, just, he, just gorgeous, heartfelt singing. The the snaps on the percussion, which give way to drums. These just beautiful, just, just this '80s ballad of just love and feelings and passion, and I just fucking love that. I can't get enough of that. Yo, man. We like romance up here in the Zen Den, okay? We are about romance over here at Million X Girlfriends. Alright? That's what it is. Now, moving along from the music segment, there's a lot of things that I've been listening to, but that's what that's what I chose to that's what I chose to talk about. Because that's just how this podcast goes. That's what you get. I'm already recording. I'm already feel like I'm going on for way too long. This is a solo show. Why am I about to talk for damn near an hour here, Mang? <laughs> Ooh. I wonder if this is a thing. No, it's not. Ooh. All right, MXG crowd, you're about to fucking see me do something live. <coughs> Alright, cool. Let me <coughs> take another hit of this weed. <coughs> Let me show y'all a little trick. And then uh and then we're gonna hop right into uh movies and TV. Uh, oh this is gonna be perfect. That was disappointing. <coughs> cool. I look like a fucking. <coughs> I look like an idiot. <coughs> That's no different than usual, though. <laughs> All right. So, for October, I'm doing a thing. <coughs> I started last year. Called Spectacular Spooktober. It's not a creative name. But it's my thing, and that's what I felt like calling it, so that's what I called it. Now, my goal was to watch a movie every day, a horror movie, every day for the month of October. I haven't watched a movie exactly every day. But, you know, some days I watch more than one movie, so, you know, I catch, I catch up on the back. I make up on the back end, you know? Mmm. Uh, so I want to talk about a couple of movies that I've watched so far this month. I'm gonna I'm gonna rifle through them gauntlet style right now. <clears throat> Let's go. First movie I want to talk about is Us, Jordan Peele, starring uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Because there's doubles of everyone in the movie. If you saw the movie, you know what that's about. But yeah, Lupita Nyong'o plays a, a survivor of, a, of an incident, or I guess, you know, an incident that uh, something happened to her as a kid, and, uh, you know, she, she all scurred and nervous now, and uh, the stuff unfolds in the movie, and it's a good movie, and I like it. Now... I am going to, unfortunately, compare it to Jordan Peele's first movie, Get Out. I think that's a pretty fair comparison because they're both horror movies directed by the same guy. And uh, Get Out is a simpler movie. It's much more straightforward than Us. So Us has that going against it, unfortunately. It, it, it's, it's got a lot more on its plate in the first place to... Yo, that TV's so loud. Oh my god. <laughs> there is a lot more going on in Us than Get Out initially. Because Get Out has cause Get Out is just handling, you know, the one story, the black guy going to his fucking girlfriend's parents' house and they uh the you know they they're all creepy and eerie and shit. And then it becomes a escape the bad guy movie. Simple enough. 
Us is a little bit more complicated. It's got a lot more themes. It's got a lot more imagery going on. And that plot twist is a lot to handle. It feels a little bit like an episode of The Twilight Zone. It really does feel like Jordan Peele is getting ready to uh, go on to to do The Twilight Zone. Um, so, so there's areas where it feels very... It, it's got a lot of stuff hanging up in the air, just like an episode of The Twilight Zone. It feels very half-baked in a lot of spots. If, if you think about it too hard, it definitely starts to fall apart. And there's that one part in the middle, there's that one part right there in the third act where Lupita Nyong'o is talking to herself, and she's just monologuing at herself. Just one big exposition dump. It's clunky, it's awkward, it's just... And he, Jordan Peele did the same thing in Get Out. So I, maybe that's just a thing he'll, he'll figure out with time. Maybe there was no other way to do it. I don't fucking know. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to criticize the guy as a filmmaker. I'm just purely talking about the movies themselves. They have that similarity going for them. <clears throat> and yeah, that again, that plot twist is just so much to think about. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. I give it I give it a 7 out of 10. I, I mean, my ratings don't mean shit. I don't when I give ratings, I don't actually stand behind them. Half the time I don't even remember what the fuck I rate things, but it is a it is a good 7 out of 10. So the next thing I want to talk about was the movie Scream. I have not seen this movie before all the way through. I had it spoiled for me. You know, I think uh, Cinema Sins probably when I used to watch them. I don't watch Cinema Sins anymore because that, that guy aggravates me. Just constantly picking on things. And I get that that's kind of part of the joke at this point. But also, like, just stop it. Cinema wins. That channels the shit. But yeah, anyway. I've had this... <clears throat> I've had Scream spoiled for me before. So I knew about some things, but there were other things I, I didn't know about. What I did was I watched it with my 17-year-old sister. She's never seen it before. She never, like, barely even heard of it. And uh, it was it was very cool, like, seeing how she reacted to the movie, not knowing anything about it. Um, I, I still thought it was very... I still thought it was a very good movie. It affected me very profoundly, uh, considering that I do want to make a horror movie. It's it, it, a... Uh, it affected me even though I, it, like I said, I had had it spoiled for me before. So I can give that to it. Even though I knew, basically knew what was going to happen, it still, it still excited me. It was, it manages to be very funny, but also smart, but also terrifying at the same time. Goofy, but also, it, it's just, Wes Craven is a goddamn genius. Um, everything was, everything was, everything was working at a hundred for that movie to be the way it is like everybody was everybody had to be on point matthew lillard gives it a hundred and eleven percent in this movie god damn i love matthew lillard in this movie <clears throat> matthew lillard is the most 90s actor that ever 90s in the 90s he, I know he was around, he did the Scooby-Doo movies, 2002 and 2004, and those were probably, like, his biggest moment or whatever, but, like, the most work he did, like, that was, like, he was, like, solid 90s, like, he's 90s bro to me. Like, when I think of myself as a kid in the, in the 90s, I was basically, like, a little Matthew Lillard. That's the kind of shit I was doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking... Matthew Lillard, friend of the podcast, I wish. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, except now he looks all, like, old and shit. Nah, he's probably still a cool dude, though. He, everybody gets old. But yeah, Scream was a very good movie. <clears throat> I loved it. I, uh, I loved the way they killed uh, Rose McGowan's character. Yeah, she probably didn't deserve it. But, goddamn, it was just hilarious and awesome the way they killed her. Like, I love that. I love that the scream killer, and I'm gonna call him the scream killer, because it's never really revealed which one is behind the mask, Billy or Stu. <clears throat> yeah, spoiler alert for Scream if you somehow haven't seen it, like me. It's Billy and Stu are the killer, but. They never reveal who it is behind the mask. They just reveal it at the end that, oh, we were both the killer. 
So I'm just going to keep calling him the Scream Killer. Anyway, the Scream Killer is an idiot and like gets his ass kicked and handed to him several times even though he kills most of those people. Um, I mean, they were just pretty much off their game or making like rash decisions because they were trying to survive. Like uh, Drew Barrymore's character, how she fucking punched him in the face with the phone. That's a good move. That's a fucking great move. Any, if you've ever like swung your hand with something in it, like you know that carries a lot of weight. That could fuck someone's shit. That could fuck someone's... Put your cell phone in your hand and just... You can feel that. That'll fuck something up, man. Um, so that's, that's a good move. You know, but then he, he, unfortunately, he was just able to outrun her. He chased her down and stabbed her in the neck so she wasn't able to fucking call for help. Oh, I guess she should have punched him harder or something. Again, she was just off her game. She tried to make a run for it, you know? So, again, the movie's really smart like that. Like the scene where Nev Campbell's talking to the killer and she's all like, oh, yeah, it's always some big-breasted bimbo who can't act and she's running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door. And then she turns and locks the front door, and then the killer's in the house and tries to stab... Why am I still talking on the phone? The killer's in the house and tries to fucking stab her. Like, and she tries to go out the front door, but the door's locked. So she has to go up the stairs. Good writing. That's great, self-aware, intelligent writing. That's the kind of shit that, like... That's the kind of shit that, like... They, they obviously wrote that movie and went over with the fine-tooth comb as well as they could considering that plot twist i will give them that that the plot twist is relatively relatively foolproof um again i do have some questions about who was where and when and but whatever again it's a pretty tight solid movie it is very well written so that you know i guess i guess i don't have to think about those things um Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy's so great in this movie, man. I fucking love him. The scene, it's, okay, I don't remember the, the character, what his name is, but there's a scene where he's watching Halloween on the TV, and he's, the Jamie Lee Curtis is in that movie, and he says, look, Jamie, he's behind you. He's behind you, Jamie. <laughs> Meanwhile, the killer's actually behind Jamie Kennedy, the actor. Again, just shit like that. That self-aware, like that meta type of humor. Like that's that fourth wall breaking, like not ever looking at the camera, but acknowledging that the audience is there. I love that shit. I, I cannot stand when people just literally turn to the camera and be all like, oh, that's a fourth wall break. Deadpool is the only one I can handle doing it. But that's because Deadpool is channeling the f spirit of Freakazoid and Bugs Bunny. And I grew up loving those goddamn fucking rask rabble rousers. I love them. So Deadpool gets away with it. Um, you know what? Jim, Jim Carrey in The Mask, too. The Mask, as a character, seems to be aware that he's in a movie. It just bothers me that it never plays out with the stand. It just bothers me that it never really adds up to anything. Whatever. That's my review of The Mask. <laughs> but back to Scream. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, Jamie Kennedy in the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis, the scene where the killer's behind him. That self-aware fourth wall breaking joke. That shit's, that shit's just funny. Tight, tightly constructed, well-written writing. I'm being redundant now. I'm so high, babies. The last movie I want to talk about is Joyride, directed by J.J. Abrams, starring Paul Walker and Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn, I don't know how to say it. He was around in the late 90s, early 2000s. He did some stuff. He was in the movie Special... I don't know. He did some cop movie with Martin Lawrence that was really funny. Uh, you should check that out. I don't remember the name. But, yeah, this movie is a very strange movie. It's like a horror, thriller, kind of like chase movie. Steven Spielberg in the 70s did a movie called Death Race, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. It's a movie where a guy in a car is just being chased by a guy in a semi-truck. guy in a semi-truck is trying to kill him. It's a thriller movie, you know. Um, Joyride, and the only reason I mentioned that movie, again, the name I'm not too sure of, I think it's Death Race, but check me on that one. Fact, like Aaron Carter, baby, fact check me, all right? Google it. Fact check me. 
Death Race. Is that what it's called? 1977 or 78 by Steven Spielberg. I'm not sure. Anyway, the only reason I bring that up is because J.J. Abrams is a filmmaker. His film style just basically seems to be rip off the people who inspired me to get into filmmaking, which I respect in a way, but I don't admire it because you're supposed to develop a, you're supposed to develop a style of your own at some point, especially when you're like 53, 54 or something. Aren't you supposed to have your own directorial style at this point? Anyway, so he is aping this earlier Steven Spielberg movie. Um, but he's trying to incorporate like more horror elements. Um, the the So Paul Walker and Steve Zahn play around on the CB radio and prank a truck driver and piss him off. And the truck driver severely injures someone, rips his jaw off or something. And then he spends the rest of the movie chasing them around. Oh, cat! I hope you're able to get out under the green screen. <laughs> I got my green screen from my closet. My cat sleeps in my closet. But, yeah, so the truck driver spends the rest of the movie just pursuing them. It's so fucking, like, it's so weird. It's such a weird movie. There's a lot of plot elements that get brought up and dropped, and that upsets me. They never go anywhere. Like... How uh, Fuller, the brother who's played by Steve Zahn, is kind of a piece of shit and actually does, in fact, try to sleep with the woman that Paul Walker's character wants to sleep with. Like, they're brothers, and, like, Fuller, fuck, what the... F I'm just going to refer to them as Steve and Paul. So, Steve wants to sleep with... So, Steve wants to sleep with the woman that Paul totally likes. And, like, piece of shit move... And that element just gets dropped entirely. Maybe it's for the better. I don't I don't fucking know. Again, it's like, why even bring it up? I hate when movies do that. When they bring up, like, a, a parallel element that doesn't need to be there. Like, um, gravity. The dead, the dead kid, Sandra Bullock's uh, dead kid backstory. That shit's so stupid. Because, like, it doesn't need to be there. The struggle that she goes through in the movie is already enough. They could have erased all that dead kid backstory stuff and it wouldn't have affected the movie at the fuck all. So get rid of the dead kid backstory. Throw it in the trash. Anyway, like I was saying, there's just there's a couple of elements like that that just come up in Joyride, but I can't remember them because they get dropped by the end. So getting back to what I like about the movie, <clears throat> so the truck driver spends most of the movie just pursuing them, doing all these things, spray painting on signs, uh, finding their car uh, at one point they try to get rid of the CB radio he finds their car and puts it back in chases them into a cornfield blows the car up kidnaps the girl takes her to a hotel now this is the cool part this is where the movie gets kind of the movie's tense the whole way through I do like it uh, I sound like I'm talking shit about it but I do like it there's a scene where he's at a hotel and he's got her like tied up in a chair and he sets up like a very a very primitive like saw style trap. And I'm pretty sure this movie came out the same year as Saw. So um I don't know if it's fair to compare it or not, but I'm going I'm not going to compare the movies, but I'm going to compare the the, the traps themselves. He like uses some tape, he puts a shotgun in like a drawer, like fastens it into a drawer, uses some tape to make like a, a, a rope pulley system that goes through the door so that when someone opens the door, it pulls the trigger on the shotgun, and it's, like, going to blow her head off. That's a fucking Saw trap. That is a Saw trap. Now, I don't like all the Saw movies. I like Saw 1. I think Saw 2 is an all right movie. And I think the rest of them are honestly pretty fucking stupid. But the traps are usually fucking awesome. The traps are usually pretty cool. Um, this is a goddamn Saw trap, and I love it. Dude, that's some brutal shit. Think about that. Like, Paul Walker, ideally... Will like open the door, walk in, and her head gets blown off, which almost, which almost happens. Spoiler alert: it doesn't. But, uh, but whole, holy shit, man! Fucking just that shit. That shit. I was just thinking about it today when watching it. I'm like, oh god, that's actually pretty brutal. I didn't realize how brutal that was the first time. Like I, I watched this movie. Um, which reminds me, I should probably watch the rest of the Saw movies. I don't want to because they just get. They get so bad. They just get so bad. I don't even have a problem with, like... They kill characters unnecessarily, first of all. Like, that chick... Like, the, the, the lady officer from Starship Troopers. Like, why you gotta kill her? 
Like, she was positioned to be the main character in one of these things. And don't even try to give me some kind of, like, Game of Thrones argument. They were just making that shit up as they went along, okay? They were definitely making Saw up as they went along. Or otherwise the flashbacks wouldn't keep revealing that there were just more characters in the room to every time a, a, a pivotal event happened. That's bullshit. They were making it up as they go along. Don't hit me with that Game of Thrones argument. They killed the lady cop from Starship Troopers for no reason. They killed, what's her name, Perez, I'm pretty sure. She gets her face blown up in the first one. Not in the first one, in like the, you know, whatever, the first movie she's in. And then she comes back in the next movie only to get killed. Same thing with the detective with the Bluetooth in his ear. He comes back in the next movie just to get killed. What the fuck was the point? I don't get it. Uh, the, the same thing with the detective who was from the Gilmore Girls. Why? Why'd you kill him? Why'd you... I, I mean, I get why you killed him, but also, like, why'd you kill him? And... Uh, anyway. Yeah, Joyride was good. <laughs> Joyride is good, and I do like it a lot. I'm gonna give it... I'm gonna give it, like, a... I'm gonna give it, like, a... I'm gonna give it, like, a strong 7, light 8. That's what I'm gonna call that movie. So spectacular Spooktober rolls along. I'm about to go watch some spooky movies and uh, get, get myself nice and scared. I am going to watch Green Room at some point, but that movie is hardcore. I love that it's about a punk band because that movie is hard as fuck to watch. <clears throat> so that has been the whatever number th episode of the Million X Girlfriends podcast. The 16th episode. Um, you know, we had some laughs, we had some good times, we, uh, we fucking smoked some weed, you know? I hope you guys all, uh, I hope you go forth in your lives, I hope you watch scary movies, I hope you hold your loved ones tight, <coughs> I hope you drink plenty of water, I hope you use plenty of chapstick, I hope you use plenty of deodorant, shout out Dre Bummy. And uh, on the real, I, I really just hope, I really hope everyone can find it in themselves to just love more. Love, love themselves, love each other. Minimalists have a great quote. Love people, use things. So yeah, love yourself, love each other. And... That's that. I <laughs> Million X Girlfriends Podcast signing out for now. Until next time.